This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, my badass friends, to this episode of the Badass Ladies Club podcast. My name is Laurie. I'm here with Jessica and our good friend, Aki. We're so excited to bring you this uh, Girl Gang episode today. But before we get started, uh, Jessica's going to talk to you about our badasses of the week this week. Yes. So our badasses, that, well, we have two badasses. It's a multi, week. yeah. Um, so this is a first on so many levels. <laughs> Two badasses of the week for one week, and one of them is a repeat. I she's so badass that we had her as badass of the week twice already. I know. I'm into it. So we are calling out our friends Missy and Nicola of the Don't Call Me Pretty podcast. My favorite new podcast. Yes, they're so fun. So if you have been watching or following us for a while, my friend Missy, who I went to cosmetology school with, she is a cosmetics injector out in Dallas. She also owns an intimate wellness brand called Explore Box. Also um, my favorite. Which discreetly delivers little fun, intimate things to your doorstep. Um, she had a podcast called um, Dirty Minds. Dirty Minds. Yeah. Yes. I totally blinked. Dirty Minds. Sorry, Missy. Um, <laughs> and it was so wonderful. So great. We were on Dirty Minds we for an episode and it was really fun. We had Missy on Badass Ladies Club and it was just such a great conversation. It was wonderful. Go look it up if you haven't listened to it or watched it yet. Um, but Missy kind of took a pivot and discontinued Dirty Minds and teamed up with Nicola and they're doing Don't Call Me Pretty now. And so it's like a boss babe focused podcast. Well, and we have to mention that they're both drop dead gorgeous. Right. They're beautiful. Which is part of why I love the name of their podcast, you know, yeah. because just like all other badasses, it turns out like them being beautiful and powerful and awesome is maybe one of the least interesting things about them, you know, right. like, so yeah. They're I'm, smart. They're business women. They're, you know, on the rise and. And they do it with humor and yeah. realness and take away all that facade. It's just a really cool show. I'm excited yeah, to so uh, Missy and Nicola, we want to team up with you guys. We want to have you on. So we'll be reaching out. Sweet. So Yay. let's talk about Aki Adams, Aki who is Adams. in the studio. Like, <laughs> so cool that you made it out here to Fort Worth and uh, came to record an episode with us. This is so cool. Everything <laughs> about this. I'm so I'm so impressed and excited for you guys. And th this is just the best. So thank you Thanks, for lady. inviting me. Thank you guys so much. So let's do a little backstory on Aki. Um, Aki, <laughs> I have known for like 20 something years ish. Um, she has been in the Aveda Network and been a support to so many different salons that we've worked in, but then also like different fundraising opportunities, lots of work in the Dallas fashion community. And it's so cool because it doesn't matter if Aki is like assigned to your team in our network of salons, like 
Jessica and I have talked about this, that Aki's like the fave, you know, like you just bring (laughs) some amazing energy to all projects that you work with. And everybody, you know, who's in your orbit wants more Aki time because you have that vibe about you. She's also a amazing mother (laughs) to two phenomenal sons who I have just watched grow up mainly through social media, Um, you know, like their whole lives and (laughs) just have such awesome little personalities. She is a dog mom to the cutest pug ever (laughs) named Donut, who I'm also a little obsessed with. Um, And is just always been a leader that I have looked up to because Aki, you lead from the heart, lady. Like you don't have interactions with people where they don't feel your whole heart. And so I know that that is such a testament to the success that you've had um, in your career because 22 years is a long time to be in one job. Like, yeah, it is. (laughs) It really is. I mean, yeah. And time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. Yeah. So it's really, um, you know, I, I can't believe that when I look at 22 years, I, I think, where has the time gone? I feel like I've grown so much in so many ways. But then at the same time, I feel like I still have so much, you know, more to do. And I'm so grateful for the time, too, and for my relationships with other people. I mean, like knowing you guys and connecting and just having that deep rooted friendship and relationship is so huge for me. Um, Where are your territories? Like what? Because your you're technically still is that the name of SDP salon development partner is that what they're still calling you guys yes so in my because I feel like it <laughs> I feel like the title has changed a little bit over the years and so I can never keep up but yes when when you say it for short as the acronym you know SDP it can kind of sound like something else so <laughs> <laughs> like, we just of go with salon development partner okay yes the acronym is sdp but you know if you mix up the letters it could sound like for fun (laughs) so anyway um we're yeah we're salon development partners and we've kind of narrowed our focus um with with how many people we have supporting right now within new corporation but um i get the pleasure of servicing about 40 accounts and so my territory is is all over so it's dallas proper and then it expands out to um just other cities a little further up north, you know, Capel, Louisville, um, even into North Dallas, Allen. And then I have a little segment of West Texas that I love that I have supported for many years. And my uh, sweet accounts out there are awesome. So. Yeah, I thought that you did West Texas a little bit, which Texas is just so huge that I'm like, God, <laughs> that's state. a lot yeah. of territory to cover. So one yeah. of the things that we talked about that I loved so much, and I can't believe that we've never talked about this, you and I until now, is you know, in your pre-interview, we got into routines and how important a like solid routine is to just pulling off every day and being able to be consistent. Because if there's one thing that I can say about every interaction that we've ever had is that you are hella consistent. Like even if Aki's having a good day, bad day, you know, like crisis, (laughs) things are going smooth. It doesn't matter. You bring consistent energy to your day. And so so much of that, I feel like has got to be grounded in this badass morning routine you have (laughs) tell our viewers and listeners right now like what does it look like for you to wake up in the morning like how do you get your day started (sighs) you guys so I just I mean I always approach everything with an attitude of gratitude and you know find joy and excitement in all the kind of everyday things but in the morning one of my favorite things my rituals are you know just 
kind of small, but like big to set my day. So I love to burn incense as like a clearing. And I've been, I've been into rituals since before rituals were quote cool. Or like, <laughs> or the <thing>. like the <laughs> thing right now, like everything's about the ritual and self-care. Um, but I, I knew I needed that before mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like really popular. Uh, so I burn incense and, you know, just kind of make sure that I have that aroma and, um, you know, set my intention for the day. Uh, one of, one of my favorite things there is the, I am journal, which is mm. something I love to journal and I love to um, just have like a daily mantra. So every day in my inbox, I get from um, Laura at the I am journal, I get her little daily mantra. So I always write down what that cool. is and think about it, reflect on it, do a little prayer and meditation, and then um, just write down what I'm grateful for and what my intention is for that day. And my youngest son, London, who's 13, I guess about a year ago, put an alarm on my phone. I mean, I get up early anyway. I mean, I don't sleep that many hours <laughs> total. <laughs> so I'm always kind of up and down and my wheels are always turning. Um, but he put on my phone, Madam Aki, name three things that you're grateful for today. And I thought I for his young age, so much. <laughs> just so brilliant. So every morning it. at 635, I mean, if I were to sleep that late, <laughs> but at 635, <laughs> it pops up and it's just a beautiful little chime. And so it's a reminder for me to like think and say again, the three things I'm grateful for. So those are, those are some of the things. I mean, I try to incorporate, of course, like movement. So I love, love, love yoga and Pilates and most recently have been doing, um, hot yoga and Pilates. And I feel like that is what I had, you know, what I needed in my life. Mm -hmm. So I do go to a studio in Dallas that I love and, um, they really pushed me to that's awesome. Real quick, we're going to go back to your kid putting that alarm in your phone. That is such a reflection of the awesome mother that you are. That's exactly Aki. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. They're because, great kids. Like, <laughs> I feel like normal, normal kids don't do that. It would have to take a kid with a really supportive, grounding mom who is teaching them the importance of that kind of gratitude attitude, if you will, um, of how important that is. And for such a young age, that's so telling. It really is. Well, and that it shows you how connected he is to you to know that that's something that you would find useful, use on a daily basis. You know, like I, it's just such a sweet, sweet. indicator of who he is. <laughs> I love it. Guys. That's precious. <laughs> They're, they are so great. I mean, my oldest son is 16, Maddox, and then London is 13. So I can't believe I have two teenage boys <laughs> Wild. And we've, we've, I want to say like, I've all grown up together because, you know, I'm forever young <laughs> in my mentality. Um, but we've really grown up together and I just, you know, I always try to instill with, within them, you know, the things that are valuable and important and just the best life lessons I can give and hope that it sticks, <laughs> you know. And Do you know if your boys practice that themselves? Like, do they have the reminders on their phones or do they just do it a little more organically or... I think theirs is more organic. They're yeah. not, they don't have it, you know, quite as, as structured in that yeah. way. They're, we're lucky if they get up. <laughs> right. I'm the one that's going in. It's time. And then I continually have to go in. Come on, guys, get up. But we have those conversations all the time. So that really is like the topic of what's happening. You know, I mean, even one of our favorite practices, um, and I'll go, you know, for, for Thanksgiving and then into New Year's, we sit and we write down like reflections of the year or reflections of the best things that happened 
to us or that we're grateful for. And then we get a little envelope and we write down the year ahead and we write, jot down all the things that we want to sort of manifest or goals, if you will, Mm -hmm. whatever our intentions are for that year. And then we open it and read it you know, when it's time. So it's, and they sleep with that kind of under their pillow. And those are just things that, I mean, I'm sure they're just like, oh, mom, (laughs) (laughs) but but we're doing it, we're doing doing it anyway, anyway. (laughs) you know, damn it. And so they participate and they're, they do it for me and I think for them and they love it. So we do have the conversation and I love that we're able to we talk about everything, but I love that we're able to do that. And, you know, they always know what they have to be grateful for. Even though there's always things you want more yeah. of, right? Well, in 13 and 16, like what a wild set of ages, you know, like that they're not tiny humans anymore. Like they're almost men, like all grown yes. up. Um, and that that has got to be a big shift to go from having little people to having little adults, you know, like, uh, ladies, yes, they are little <laughs> adults and they love to show me how adult they're becoming. And so they'll lift an arm. <laughs> you have arm hair, yeah. you know, armpit hair, or, you know, we're looking at their legs and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And your oldest is like driving you places. Right. Is oh he, yes. Uh, he, he would love to be my driver, your driver. I mean, if hey, you great. Now I know. Him, please. Yeah. Whenever I'm in Dallas, if I need a ride, I'm yes, be- Maddox will gladly come get I love this so much. So another thing that we covered when we were getting set up for this was like, you know, you mentioned how you're forever young and I definitely relate to that, you know, like that I can't, I can't grow up. No. And the, when, and I think it's also part of the industry that we work in, you know, where consistently when you're hiring new employees, they're so often in the salons right out of cosmetology school. So we're talking like 19, 20, 21 year old, you know, like new blood comes in. Um, and I remember when I was the 20 year old that worked with all the 40 and 50 year olds. And then like in a blink of an eye, I'm the 42 year old that's working with all of the 20 year olds, you know, and how quickly that happens and how I don't feel my age. But then on the flip side, when I hang out with a 19-year-old, I feel my age, you know, like, that's so weird. (laughs) And that that, um, forever young aspect, and whether that be just part of who we are or the industry that we work in, that sometimes it's hard to relate to other women that are in my age range because... I am wearing the funky haircuts and, you know, like doing the over the top makeup and can relate to a younger aesthetic a lot of times because that's what I do and who I am. Um, So and then even just in the momming realm, which I am not of, you know, like just relating to other moms um, that I feel like where we work and sometimes our youthful mindset really separates us sometimes from that. So I would love to open up that conversation and talk about like whether it be aging or momming, you know, like that it's sometimes hard to relate to people that are in our own orbit. It, it really is. And I, I mean, everything you just said, um, I don't know. It's, it's so strange because again, like we're talking about the 22 years, I mean, 22 years, I have friends that are 22 years old. (laughs) And so, but I've been doing this and kind of, you know, growing up if you will, but not Mm -hmm. (laughs) in, in this industry. And 
I am 47. I'll be 48 in August. And I honestly feel like I'm still, we'll go with 30s. <laughs> but I feel, like I'm in, I feel like I'm in my 30s and I don't know what happened. I always joke with my, you know, my friends just because of, of different life experiences. But I lost my parents two years apart when I was in my 20s. So 24, I lost my dad and 26, um, my mom. And for some reason, it's almost like maybe I stopped, you know, like at 26, that mm -hmm. was my cutoff point. Yeah. And I kind of stopped growing, but in a way that, you know, I just stayed in this kind of young, young um, energy maybe. And then with the industry that we work in, again, you're always like, I I've been, you know, blessed enough to work with the uh, institutes where the schools and mm -hmm. so a learning environment for me where you're able to actually be around this young, fresh energy that's so hungry for new things. And then going into our salon environments, I mean, it's, it always does feel young mm -hmm. and fun. And so it is hard to, I guess, with all of that relate sometimes to, um, when we're, you know, looking at, at the mom part of it, I guess, I guess it, it, sometimes I feel like I just don't fit in, you know, like yeah. I don't fit in any of those boxes, you know, I'm not, I'm single. So I'm not the person who is, who checked everything off the list at the right time, you know? So I don't think that I, um, did it in the way where, okay, I planned this, big wedding. I got married. Then I had one child and then three years down the road, the other child. And then right, your you household know, isn't the, like 4.5, whatever yeah. the right. census yeah. number no. is. And, and, and great for people who do that and have done that. And that's kind of the norm, right? That right. is a societal norm, but that's not me. And that's not what, you know, that's not how my life path evolved. So when I do interact or socialize with that um, normal mom or normal family, it's like I'm kind of the outsider <laughs> because, you know, I'm in the beauty industry and fashion world and and I love it. And so I try to relate and, you know, appreciate everything that they're about. But I think sometimes you just feel a little bit, you know, like it, it doesn't really blend in. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm like, they're older than me and they grew up and I'm still, you know, I feel like I feel like it's just a different person. <laughs> no, I totally feel you on so many levels. I've talked on this podcast multiple times about how, um, I don't feel like I fit in with other moms. Cause I feel like, I mean today, not so much, but sometimes <laughs> I'm dressed as like this really almost like punk goth, um, fashionista person. I don't know. Um, like a girly punk goth girl, but, um, you know, dropping my kid off at ballet, like there's a mom who is married to a very conservative, um, politician in our area. And she's like beautiful with her, like, you know, perfect yoga pants and like, just looks gorgeous everywhere she goes. And I'm like, and I feel like the other moms look like that too. And I'm like, I'm dressed in this, like all black. I look like I'm about to, you know, <laughs> kick your ass. Like, I, you know, and I'm like, that's not really me. Obviously I'm a very nice person, but I'm like, aesthetically, I don't feel like I fit in with a lot of other moms. And, um, a lot of moms in my peer group, it's just so interesting because how did we ever parent before the age of like blogs and, you right, know, yeah. like <laughs> the mom shaming that if you don't, you know, breastfeed and cloth diaper your kids, then you're somehow this like animal monster person. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's just wild to me. And, you know, I love that 
I love that connection as a parent to my child, like, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I also know so many young moms, especially who have kind of lost themselves and growing up, I saw a lot of moms lose themselves. Um, and I just said from a very young age, I don't want to be that person. I don't want that to happen to me. Um, because obviously like I would do anything for my kid, but I look at the moms who, you know, are carting their kids here, their sports, you know, and all this stuff. And I know my day's going to come. I know it will. I'm going to have a hard time with it is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, Well, but I also think that there's this new shift in parenting where, and this comes on the heels of this last year where everybody's trying to take care of themselves, that parents are starting to understand that you have to have some autonomy from your parenting role, that right. it's not good for the family at all to, for you to let go of everything that was you to invest in this. And that when your children watch you do things that you value that are just for you, you know, and that are good right. just for you, that that shows them it's okay for them to do things that are just for them too. Like this whole, I'm going to cut my throat and sacrifice everything that was important to me just because I have a family that's toxic to families, you know, like, no. And it, it creates yeah. a lot of weird dynamics in families. And so I'm really, grateful for this shift that I feel like is coming where moms are able to reconnect and dads are able to reconnect to the things that they really loved just about them independently and give themselves permission to pursue that not in spite of but for your family you know mm -hmm. like that it's part of what makes you a fantastic parent is understanding that you know and allowing yourself that space yeah um which you know I think trends come hot and cold with things things had to go so far to one extreme for them to come back you know to this other yeah. place yeah I think there's like a, a piece where now it's you know there we're normalizing the fact that you can express yourself differently mm -hmm. and you can um, be who you truly are and not you know trying hard to be something different but like really it's okay to be who you are for children mm -hmm. and for parents you know I mean there's still a struggle I think for parents just I mean I'm definitely <laughs> who I am and no apologies for that. I, I love who I am. I mean, I struggle from time to time with, you know, why don't they, why doesn't this fit in or work? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, I love who I am and you should love me too. I mean, that's your loss, you know, and that's yeah. fine. And if it, I mean, everybody, you know, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> I, I, I know that, but you know, at the same time, it's like with, when you're speaking about your peer groups, Yes, I look at some of mine, um, if I want to call them that, and they are perfect. They, they seem to have this perfect life, you know, of, of what someone as an outsider looking in would see. And then, you know, in a way, and then my kids feel that too, because they see their mom and their dad. Mm -hmm who've been married now for, you know, 15, 20 years. And I'm like the single mom, you know, mm -hmm. but they're looking at this perfect life and perfect, perfect amount of money and all the perfect things and the perfect vacations and trips and, and all of it. And so it's, it's not really like you feel as if you have to compare, compete, mm -hmm. keep up, but you know, you have to explain that to your children <laughs> and that it's not about that. And that's not the most important thing, you know, and it, it's like, look, Maddox, look, London, I, 
I am not going to be your average mom that obviously fits in with these other moms. They have been growing up together in their friend groups for years now, and they all stick together. And I am certainly nice and love, you know, everything that they stand for, but we don't always, you know, have that same group. I mean, they're going on vacations together and doing things. And so it's a little bit you know, like you just, you're not that person, but, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I definitely had to tell myself it was okay and let my kids know that it's okay. Yeah. So that, yeah. Oh, I feel like my time's going to (laughs) come and I'm just, everybody's time comes. Yeah. I know. know, Dang it. But, um, it just, it surprises me, Aki, because you're just so Aki. How else do you put that? You're just so friendly and beautiful and awesome. And you have this amazing energy that the only thing that I could think of is that you're incredibly intimidating. Well, we (laughs) talked about this too, that with both of you though, that like part of that, I don't relate to the other moms thing might also just be that you're both beautiful and striking and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so intimidated by this lady, you know, that they immediately shy away from that energy. It's, um... And it goes back to the whole thing. Like, you don't know what people are going through, you know, like some of the most well put together people that you think have it all and have the right. perfect We'd whatever. We never know what's going on. They are struggling sometimes. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. ways that we don't struggle, yeah. you know, yeah. and we are struggling in ways that they would not ever, you know, like realize either that right. there is. Um, and it's part of what makes humanity, I think, so relatable to everyone, you know, is if you can right. see past part of the front that we're all putting up, you know, and know yeah. that mm-hmm. there's a real person in there that's, you know, dealing with shame or grief or loss or something in there, you know, right. that um, that they deserve that compassion on that level. Um, Agreed. One of my favorite motivational speakers um, recently talked about the idea of belonging and how that was one of the greatest human needs mm, is that sense of connection and belonging. And so it's like that struggle where you want to belong and you want to have that. But then and especially for children, you know, and then sometimes it's not going to land or fit just like you want it to. But there's still always that deep desire, you know, to belong. Um, you know, and I look at that with with my kids and some of the things they've gone through. And, you know, parents are, are interesting. And some, if they feel like your kid has done something wrong or doesn't fit in, they'll make sure they isolate yes. them from their kids. And that's a that was a heartbreaking lesson for us to have to go through. Instead of like the reach out where people would say, hey, how are you doing? Or how are things going? Or, you know, let's, let's all get together. It was more like, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. And so, you know, at that point, you're like, wow, that, that didn't hurt me as much, yeah. but it hurt me for my child, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so for those things. I definitely but. think that's a danger of like polarization and people needing to make everything black and white, you know, yeah. like that when, because obviously, yeah, kids are going to have differences, you know, things are going to come up. And then I do (laughs) remember like when I was young and growing up that my parents would like make me go apologize to a kid, a family or something, you know, like when I screwed up, I had to confront my screw up and I had to do the right thing. Sure. I don't see so much of that going on anymore. You know, like I don't have a kid, but I don't see a lot of kids being made to own when they've done something wrong and do the right thing by, and that that's hard. Like I remember that was some of the most shame I ever felt as a kid, Um, but it taught me to own my shit 
it taught me to take responsibility for my behavior and my actions. Um, and I'm super grateful that I was put in that situation, you know, as a, as a child growing up. Um, so yeah, I bet that is a really interesting dynamic to yeah. mess I with. love that you said that, Lori. I mean, I always, you know, same, I grew up in that same kind of environment. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child, but my parents, you know, if I did anything wrong, they made me, you know, apologize or they would have a conversation. Like we yeah. would all talk about it right. with the other friends. Right. So it wasn't like you felt as if you're, someone's chattering mm -hmm. about what you did behind, you know, it was like all in the open and, and good conversation and let's mm -hmm. get it out and move forward. So I liked that, but I think you're right today. There needs to be more <laughs> of that support yeah. system and, you know, with and kids. We, we briefly talked about this, um, on another episode, I think I think it was our mean girls episode how like mm. and we said it specifically with girls but i think it happens with boys too absolutely like having to um teach our children to um confront things and mm -hmm. to deal with anger the kids aren't taught way. how to process anger in a healthy way a lot of times. And we talked yeah. about this with Gary Walden a few weeks ago, yeah. too. Like yeah. adults aren't taught how to process their anger. And so True. sometimes we get into this culture where if you're mad at somebody, you leverage the gossip, you leverage your influence to punish them. And that yes. that gets you more of that negative reinforcement and that that's hard to not grasp onto. And it, it hits that dopamine trigger in your brain, you know, right. like it feels it good. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that is the opposite of owning your behavior, coming at it from empathy, mm -hmm. you know, like right. maybe Having it wasn't right heart and saying, yeah, but you can tell somebody yeah. that they hurt you. You didn't like what they did. Mm. This doesn't work for me without going for the jugular every time. And that in this social yes. media type influence, uh, situation that we have going on, it's hard enough as an adult for me to separate myself from that and be like, no, that's not who I am. I cannot imagine being a 13 year old and trying to navigate that kind of situation. Like it is, uh, it's, it's a big shift to the way that people are growing up nowadays, you know, based on the way things were, even five or 10 years ago, you know, like it's a totally new ball game. So I, yeah, I echo that because we are definitely watching my kids. I, I see the pressure that they feel mm -hmm. at their young ages, just because they do have Instagram and I try to monitor, but I mean, at their age, like everyone's on what Instagram, TikTok, yeah. Snapchat, mm -hmm. like they're all doing the things. Right. And so, and you know, there's pressure because they feel the comparison pieces and they feel like, you know, watching everything, just like we're trying to process all the data and everything that's coming at us from, from everywhere, you know, yeah. in our lives. Um, but for kids to have to do that and go to school and see other kids and, you know, I mean, everything you did was on social media or, you know, where people are because you can see their snap map. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it's like, Oh, well, it looks like they're all hanging out and I'm not, you know, so it's yeah. just all of those things are so crazy. Cause I never had to go through any of that. My life was so different. And so like outside, you know, you would play outside, mm -hmm. you'd play outside till it got dark and you were with friends and it wasn't, um, you know, as clicky, maybe it's the word I want to yeah. say as it is now. And there wasn't as much pressure because you're seeing all of these things and you feel like you're supposed to be or act a certain way from what you view on social yeah, media. Like if you weren't invited back in the day, you probably didn't know about it. <laughs> but right. now if you were invited, you totally see that. And uh, yeah. you watch everybody else have a great time without you. Like, yeah, yeah you hurts, didn't get man. that telephone call. Yes. On landline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a landline anymore? Um, That's a great question. It really, well, I mean, like my dad has one, I think, but I think my mom has one too. <laughs> um, 
So we also <laughs> talked a lot about uh, living in survival mode, which ah. I think everyone can relate to after the whole 2020 situation. And then even still, like 2021's been a doozy so far, y'all. It's uh, that <laughs> we're all yeah. operating in this sense of survival. And some of us, you know, like when I started to trace it back, I was like, Mine didn't really start in 2020. Like since 2016, I have right. been in survival mode, like... you know, like in one way, shape or form yeah. and how hard it is to um, allow yourself grace for the things you've done while you were living in survival mode. And I think what started the conversation was definitely like a weight gain conversation for me where I was like, I've gained and lost 40 pounds a couple of times in the last five <laughs> years, you know, like yeah, that. And, and that I know that that's not like healthy to gain it. And a couple of the ways I lost it wasn't healthy either. And then, you know, putting it back and, and not hating myself for the fact that that yo-yo situation went on, that it is okay. That, uh, I did what I did to cope while I was trying to survive. And that that is, um, an uphill battle. I think giving ourselves grace, I'm quick to give it to other people. I got to do better mm. about allowing it to myself too. Yes. So what do you guys have to say about showing yourself some grace for survival? no um okay so yeah i i can relate to that where you know we talk about survival mode in 2020 and going into 2021 but i reflect on that and i'm like oh this is just normal for me i've been living this way for quite a long time Mm -hmm. um and when i'm in survival mode man it's yeah, I'm quick to give others grace, but I give myself so much shame and guilt for the things that I've done. Um, and I mean, like mine, maybe not so much of a weight gain or loss conversation. Mine more is like, um, shutting people out or reacting, um, in certain emotional ways that weren't necessarily, I hate to use the word right. Healthy. Yeah. You know, um, nice job. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, I just had a breakdown in your car the other day yeah. talking about how much shame and guilt that I was feeling in a certain situation in my life. And I was like, I'm just so mad at myself. I'm just so mad at myself. And you told me like, you have got to let that go. And the way you're doing it is the way you're doing it. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And that that's okay. And you've got to forgive yourself for continuing this pattern that you've been. And I, then I think of like other people on the outside looking in people who really love me where like, it's probably really hard for them to watch me continue these patterns. And, um, so have you forgiven yourself? Did you do it? (laughs) I mean, no, it's a work in progress. It's a work in (laughs) constantly a work in progress that I don't like the word regret, but, um, I do somewhat regret not addressing some of my emotional shit when I should have many moons ago and that I have held on to a lot of things that do not serve me. And it's time to let those things go. And I've just been surviving and it's okay. And you're here. 
And I'm here. And you made it. I did. <laughs> it's great. You did. You're making it. You're, You're making, making it. it. What about you, Aki? Uh, you know, so many things come up with that. And I, I appreciate the conversation because it is so real. <laughs> and I think that we do give ourselves so much shit, right? Yeah. And I, as you both said, you're e- it's you're quick to give other people grace mm-hmm. all the time, right? And and kind of get over all of that and give them grace. But when it comes to yourself, I mean, I'm my wor- own worst critic. And, you know, I probably, I don't judge other people at all the way I judge myself, yes, you know? Right. And I, I have had to learn to let go of a lot of that judgment and just know that I'm, I'm human. You know, I am not, I, God knows I'm not perfect. Right. We, we have conversations about this all the time, <laughs> and so, but I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Right. And there are times like when Lori, you're talking about weight gain, weight loss. I mean, same thing. Like last year I had 20, I'd put 25 pounds on and I was like, Whoa, <laughs> this isn't okay. Like I don't feel good. I didn't feel yeah. healthy and I'm mm-hmm. looking for, well, what thing can I blame this? What, what did this? Is this just me? And I do take responsibility and accountability for my actions all the time. But on that one, it was like a hard, like, okay, wake up, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get a hold of yourself. You know, I know 2020 felt like one big hangover or a run on sentence, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. but totally. it's like, it's time to, you know, get in gear. And so I did, but yeah, we all visit, you know, I think sometimes you go back to unhealthy patterns that don't serve you in your life and you have to realize when they're there and like quickly try to pivot or shift or move away from those. And that's like my biggest deep dive with my level of self-awareness is learning that I have got to dive into that, figure it out, see it. And I'm very, I'm very, I think, again, self-aware and highly intuitive and I'm an empath, you know? Mm -hmm. So I look at all of those things and I'm like, no, you know, forgive yourself, you know, look at what, you know, you know, when you're right or wrong, we all do, you know, I mean, some people maybe aren't as self-aware, but I feel like the majority of people know when you're doing things that are for your highest good and they're going to serve you or they're not, you know? So for me, like I just, as we know, I, I feel like I'm forever young in one respect, but I'm always, and I like who I am. You know, I really, that idea of like self-love and, and wrapping my brain around that over the past several years, because everybody, you know, that's the new buzz, right? You mm-hmm. have to love yourself and do your own like inventory and self-check and what areas aren't you happy with and what can you hone in on to change? And so I feel like I'm, I'm kind of always in that state of how can I evolve? How can I be better? You know, mm-hmm. I do love who I am. I like myself. You know, for the most part, there's parts of me sometimes I don't like. And when she shows up, I tell her she has to go away. Bye, bitch. Bye. (laughs) This is, yeah. Yeah, No time for you. Yeah. Your um, evil sister came to visit. (laughs) Uh, So we have to change. But yeah, I feel like I'm in that constant state of evolution and just working on you know, forgiving yourself for the things that you've done that you're not proud of, where you feel that level of guilt or shame and we've all done it. And, and probably recently, right? Like it's, it's things that just pop up and you're like, ah, no, let's reshift and let's start over. One of the best, uh, perspectives on that like whole self-love and loving yourself um and we keep talking about RuPaul but god RuPaul's masterclass like it blew my mind where there was so much like inner child work that you hear about that goes on but it all boils down to the fact that like how many times Ru as a kid was sitting on the porch waiting for his father to show up and he wasn't ever going to show up and the day that he decided you know what I'm going to come pick you up like RuPaul as an adult told 
seven-year-old child RuPaul, wow. I'm coming to get you. Chills. And yeah. I mean, like, chills. I like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, wow, that gave me chills. And just telling, you know, like little Laurie, it is okay. I'm coming to get you, girl. Like, I got yeah. you. We can do this, you know? And pulling those two, like, places of you together, you don't, you, all of a sudden, like, forgiving yourself just seems like such a non-issue, you know? Like, you have so much empathy and understanding for the why that, you know, we're doing these things and beating up on ourselves um, that it allows you to be so much better in all fronts, for all people, for all things, you know? And... Mm-hmm. It is, um, and that we're always just coming back home to ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. like that it's not about anything but unlearning all of this bullshit about who you aren't, you know, like that you're everything. You were always oh. everything, you know, and yes, that it's so easy to say, but so annoying when you start to understand it, mm-hmm. that you've been beating your head against the wall for so long when you had it all figured out from the beginning, you know, and that yes. RuPaul was one of like my first kickoff spots where I was like, yes, Ru. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Like I'll never forget it. Uh, yeah. Um, and I feel like that's where a lot of my survival mode comes from was, you know, in the forgiveness episode, like a month or so ago, whenever that was time, What's time? what is time no, anymore? No, no, no. I don't even know. <laughs> um, we're talking about like that moment in my life when I was 14, where like, I didn't get closure yes. on that certain situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 14 year old Jessica, I, I still feel her, yeah. you know, and that that's why I emotionally have so much trouble, like moving on from certain situations mm-hmm. and that I just, that, that that's who's showing through yeah. is this girl who never had closure from mm-hmm. a really traumatic situation going forward. And that I just have to tell 14 year old Jessica that it's okay. Yeah. And that she's safe and that I have her and that, you know, moving on from a situation or not, that she was always perfect the way she was. Right where she was. Yeah. Yeah. It's magic, man. It's also like, and this is goes like, I'm obviously neck deep in the holistic psychologist's new book right now. Um, that you can reparent yourself, you know, like that all of these things Mm. that, um, like that everybody on some level didn't get something that they needed when they were growing up, you know, but that as an adult, you are totally free to do those things for you now, you know, and that that is a lot harder than it sounds, you know, like when she talks about it, you're like, oh yeah, that's really easy. But to, because then you got to let go of the blame. Then you got to let go of the why, you know, like none of that is important when you're the one that can give yourself what you need, you know, and that as adults, we are free to do all the things for ourselves that we feel like we didn't receive as children. And that that's a real place of power, you know, like that's when you really start to heal, um, which is kind of the cornerstone of the Badass Ladies Club, like that healing right. is badass. Yes. And hard, hard <laughs> yes. and it takes Difficult. so much self-awareness. Uh. And if it was that easy, then everybody would have been doing it and we'd be a perfectly balanced society, you know, but that it's not easy. And the only way to do it is to do it messy yeah. and for people to see it messy, you know, right. and give them permission to do the same thing. So it's real, you yeah. know, it's a real thing. And, mm. and you're right. I mean, I, I look at that. Jessica, like in my growing up, when I joke with you guys that I got stuck at 26, it's also that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, 24 and 26, I lost parents and I'm an only child. So I kind of felt just 
lonely, you know, and like, when am I going to, who's going to come rescue me or who's the nut and then limited family. And then you're kind of like, wow, you know, this is, it's up to me. Like I have to, I have to take care of myself now yeah. <laughs> and run the show. And it's, it's, you know, I didn't, you don't know if that you want to, but you don't have a choice. You have to, you know? And so it's like, how are you going to do that? How do you show up for that? And I, I, you know, tried to always show up as positive as I could, you know, mm-hmm. and I could try to make that like, cause there's, you know, a couple of ways you can go. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it's like, it had to be more of, um, you know, just a positive outlook on everything, but it definitely was, you know, is the feeling of when is someone going to show up and save me or when is mm-hmm. someone going to cut? And then realizing later in life, like you're going to save yourself, you know, yeah. you're the one that's going to have to come and rescue you. And through my own, like deep, you know, psychoanalysis of what I thought, you know, my, my healing needed to be, it did really dawn on me just in the past couple of years too. So it wasn't like it was something that happened a long time ago, but I'm like, you know, this is what happened. This is where I got Mm. sort of like stuck. Stuck. Yeah. And it's like, where do I go from here? How do I, you know, but the realization of it was kind of the most powerful thing that could have happened Mm -hmm. to me is like, this is where I still, you know, needed that love and those men, my parents and that, you know, surrounding. And I I found it in my friends and I found it in my work family and life, but you know, there's still that longing for, and you know, even like when you're saying, um, pan, you know, pandemic and what you had to do to shift. I feel like I kind of always live that way with social distance Mm. because we are Easter's, you know, coming up were just now the three of us or before it would be just me, or maybe we would get invited over to someone's house. But I always, you know, do that kind of social distant living because that's how our family has had to like survive. Of course. Yeah. So interesting. I also think that there's this like cool connective thread because you talk about the awareness, you know, and like when you realized that, that it was powerful and same, you know, with you and we were doing this forgiveness episode, you know, and you were like, oh, that's why I have so much trouble. Like, I know I literally had a, <laughs> like, like on air, like, on air. Like, I was like, Whoa, oh my work. gosh, this is why I am the way I am. Wow. The awareness awesome is there. one of those things that like it transitions everything, you know, and being self-aware is the ticket to getting out of being stuck wherever you happen to be. Um, so yeah, I love that, that awareness is that sometimes when you're aware, you're like hard on yourself. Cause you're like, God, that's why I do that. But just recognizing it is powerful, you know, and, um, allows you to make a different decision. Mm-hmm. You know, like you couldn't change your behavior if you weren't aware of your behavior in the first place. So exactly. it's that opportunity that, Oh, I could do it differently now and I might get a different right. result, you know, and that that's so beautiful. Um, agreed. You know what we are all really good at, like the three <laughs> of us that we're really awesome at, is making magical shit happen with no time, <laughs> with no money, with zero resources, you know, oh, like yes. that we are able to make insanely awesome things happen. Uh, in Aki's case, you know, fashion shows, you know, pulled right out of thin air um, with no budget and no time. Uh, yeah, no budget, no time. No budget, oh no God. time. 
Or but damn it, we're gonna raise money. But right, we're gonna be the best damn fashion show and <laughs> yeah. you know fundraiser awareness gig you've ever seen. Forever, right. it's gonna be so good. Or like pulling off uh, branding photo shoots, <laughs> like yeah. on no sleep and no, no time, sleep. no stylist, no, no like just doing it. Or um, creating podcasts or fundraising for clean water or you know uh, or for hair to help or any of these things like that. What is it? How do we make things like that happen with no resources and no time and very little support a lot of times? Like, because I know you can never like connect the dots moving forward. But when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, we did just do that, didn't we? Like, yeah, how the hell? We did it. We did it. How do we do we this? Okay. Like, how are we making these magical things happen um, from the ether into real life? How do we manifest that? I mean, for me, for you. I think that it is about having a vision, you know, whatever it is you want that to look like. So whether it's a fashion show or a photo shoot or a fundraiser, I think if you have the vision and you have, and that's something I've been kind of gifted with. It's like, I, yeah, I do think that I'm kind of a visionary and I can create awesome ideas. Sometimes I need people mm -hmm. <laughs> to help me put those together because I can't always execute every single detail. So I think partnering with someone who is detail oriented, who can see your vision and appreciate it and people who believe in you. I mean, that's the key for me as well. Like when you find people who believe in you and they want to see that vision come to life, they'll support you. So, um, for me, that's how, you know, I feel like I've been successful is just being able to come to different, um, people, whether it's through my company, my industry, um, relationships, which, by the way, I do have to say, are the key to the universe, mm -hmm. told yes. to me by the late Edwin Neal, yes. who is one of the forever mentors and um, made such a beautiful, you know, uh, mark on, I think, the professional beauty industry and just every person that he touched. But I'll never forget relationships being the key to the universe. And I tell my kids that all the time. And I believe it and I know it. It's just that connectedness with people mm -hmm. um, that I think can really help nourish those ideas and nourish that, you know, that energy and that passion. So I feel like that's part, even if you have nothing, <laughs> if you have the idea and you have the relationships with people, that really gets you where you want to be. Yeah. Well, from our experiences, like... I just, you were saying relationships, Aki, are the key to the universe. It's totally um, having people believe in you because if you have no budget or no time, <laughs> right. there are people with resources yes. to help you with that. Yes. Not that anyone, which if you want to throw money at me, you're more than welcome take to. It. Like, I will sure, take yeah. it. <laughs> but, <me> <laughs> um, but it's not always about money no. because people are sometimes no. willing to donate a venue. Yeah. They're willing to donate their time. They're willing to don donate their resources to help whatever you're creating come to life. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's that like really grassroots effort, um, that kind of DIY thing that's really charming mm -hmm. and that people are really into and has a really great vibe. Yeah. I also just think that sometimes making up your mind to do it is all that it takes. Like yeah. once you've yeah. decided that you're going to do <laughs> yes. it, that then there's just like no option for failure. Like and so this is. is what's you're happening and we're doing it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but then, and one thing that I has been on the forefront of my mind is obviously badass retreats and how quickly that came together. <gasps> mm -hmm. um, that 
all it was was like an idea up there in the ether that then got verbalized and was like, well, we could do this. No, we couldn't do that, you know, like, but we could do that and <laughs> it could work like this. And then all of a sudden it was a thing. And you did that. And it worked <laughs> we and we you put it out yeah. and people were into it. And now it's a thing that's happening, you know, and that that happened with mm. very little time, like from concept to launch was a short, short time, a few weeks, you know, um, zero resources, you know, like no idea of how to, uh, either financially or, you know, like physically pull off that kind of thing. And like you said, people, places, interests all kind of clicked into place once it was a thing. And now it's a thing, you know? And so I hate to make it sound like it's really easy, but it's really just, and you, it's so blowing my mind, Aki, that you brought up the word visionary because it's something that has been re yeah. like yep. reverberating with me for the last few weeks. Um, that I've been working with this really amazing new healer um, friend of mine. And she brought up to me in one of our sessions that I was a visionary, that that was something that landed on her. And as soon as she brought it up, I immediately was like, no, that's not me. Like I work for visionaries. I execute for visionaries, you know, like that I'm the doer for the visionary, you know, but then the more we started talking about it, I was like, but wait, like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of a visionary, you know, like it didn't even she occur to me, you around. know, like, like, let's look around. Where I was like, whoa, hold on. Like she called me and she was like, Jessica, I'm a visionary. I'm a visionary. Like, what just <laughs> happened here? You, you know? are. Yes. And That's now I'm like, brilliant. yeah, Taylor's number. Cause I need to talk to her. Same. <laughs> please, please slide me the number. Yes. But the, the, like actual understanding of like, mm -hmm. yeah, we did take an idea and make it into a podcast that is working for us and for mm -hmm. other people. And we did take an idea to create a healing retreat. And now it's a thing like how you're kind of doing it and you don't even realize that you're doing it until someone from the outside points it out to you. And then you're like, Oh, Oh, oh this is happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's blowing my mind. I love it. That point right there where you just said, you're doing it and you don't even realize you're doing it. That's kind of where, you know, I feel like I live sometimes. It's mm -hmm. like you're, you have these ideas and you want to do it. And it's like, whoa, that just happened. Or I just did that. Or you're doing it, but you're not really even aware that that's the impact you have, or that's the, yeah. the, you know, inspiration that you're giving off, or that's, mm -hmm. um, kind of the path that you're on is that visionary slash putting it into action and doing it because that's how you, that's from your heart right. and that's how you live. And then you, you're like, whoa, I mean, this is actually happening right now. <laughs> people dig that shit. Yeah. yeah people can do. feel it when you're coming from your heart. So, mm -hmm. and I love having you here. It is so easy to talk to you about all of these like huge <laughs> cerebral concepts. Um, it is one of my favorite parts of the Badass Ladies Club is having people like you here so we can oh, you guys. talk about things that are not comfortable in a really comfortable way, you know, like it's important. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you yes. ladies thank so you. much for the invitation. And to me, this is healing, yeah. right? This whole conversation, this platform, mm -hmm. I mean, this to me is very healing and it's very, um, just, it's awesome to be able to connect with friends and colleagues. And I know it had been so long you know. <laughs> since we had seen your beautiful face. So I, I can't believe it. I, I really know. can't believe it. It has been way too long. And 
I'm I just want to say the badass ladies club is amazing. <laughs> oh, Mind blown. <laughs> Talk about visionary wonderful ladies, human beings that really like are just doing incredible things mm-hmm. and like I almost want to cry. I'm pr- I'm so proud. <laughs> and I'm so excited for you and I can't wait to see what's next. Well, so thank you. Stay tuned. I know there's we have all a kinds lot of things to <laughs> release. So, yeah. Yeah. guys, if uh, you loved this episode today, please share it with somebody that you think it would be helpful for. Get on uh, Apple Podcasts and write us an awesome review. That would be great. Um, and we're just sending all of the love and all the light out there to you folks. You have a badass day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.